to the podcast everybody i'm your host pat cast and uh i'm not sure what episode this is a hundred and something but uh i'm really excited about this one to be honest because every once in a while you meet a new friend and uh when you make a new friend you know you're like ah, i don't really need friends i don't have a lot of time anyway but this guy uh, when i met him i already knew his friend uh, or his brother cody and Cody's an exceptional guy. He does some engineering for me sometimes, and uh, he also worked on the Christmas record. And a few months ago, I met his brother, Rocky. And so I started to listen to his music, and I fell in love with this guy. And then I was like, hey, Cody, can I get uh, a, a chance to talk to your brother? That's Drew Scholes in the background, by the way, uh, recording some drums for me. But I asked Cody, hey, man, can I meet your brother and get him on the podcast? And he said, uh, sure, man. Yeah, let's do it. So we got together in my studio, and I got to hang out with Cody Votolato. Uh, man, his, he's got nine albums, I think, maybe ten. He's maybe the sweetest person I've ever met in my life, and it's genuine. It's like from a real place. He comes from an intense childhood in uh, Texas. He and his uh, siblings and his mom moved to uh, Washington State when they were just kids. Of course, his mom wasn't a kid. She was his mom. So, And, uh, and so I got a chance to hang out with, uh, with Rocky and Cody and play some music with them. And man, I, uh, I think you're going to love this guy just as much as I do. So please, welcome to this week's PatCast. Just before Halloween, my new friend and amazing human being, Rocky Votolato. Right here on the podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the podcast. I'm here with a guy that I've been wanting to meet for a long time uh, because my friend Cody does a lot of recording here at Sunken Forest, and uh, I'm with his older brother. Your name is Rocky, like my son, Rocky uh, Votolato. That's it. And... um, Man, you know your brother Cody. He's uh, he was in the Blood Brothers, and if anybody's ever heard of them, they're super hardcore, yeah. like metal <laughs> punk, right? Like, how do you? I, I looked on some description of it, and it just said noise. <laughs> that doesn't surprise me. But then it's when I listen to your music, noise. it's uh, <laughs> your music is just couldn't be more different than your brother's. Yeah, a lot of people have that reaction. They don't realize that we're related, and when they find out, they're right. very surprised if they've heard the music. Right. So tell me what makes you who you are musically, but your younger brother, who's how much how much younger than he's you? five years, five years. So yeah. like. What a vast difference. So you start in Texas. <laughs> yep. And you're the oldest of three? Uh, I'm actually the second of four. Oh, you're so the we, second yeah, of we four. Yeah, we have an older brother, too. Okay. And, uh, is he yeah. musical? He is. 
Yeah, everyone's involved in the music business. It's oh, really? crazy. Even our younger sister tours with bands now. She oh, tours wow. with Interpol. Oh, and, really? Uh, yeah, yeah. She does um, merch for them and kind of day to day stuff on the road. Are they a Seattle band? No, I, you know I don't know where Interpol's from, but she, uh, yeah, she got hooked up with them and she oh, tours cool. with Warpaint and uh, that's a uh, great against name. against me, a whole bunch of other bands. She's so yeah, it's a, it's a musical family. But back to your question, the the vast difference in I think kind of influence for Cody and I is really. Uh, the best I can do to explain it is, is probably that I grew up longer in Texas. So before we moved up to Seattle, I think that was in 91. Hmm. And uh, I think I just had more of the influence of, of my surroundings and the environment down there. You know, I was exposed to more country music and, right. and folk and kind of what my parents were listening to. Uh, so it was more formative for me to be down there. Uh, and then when we moved up to Seattle... Um, I pretty much right away got involved in the kind of punk and hardcore underground scene. Oh, you did? Yeah, I oh, did wow. up here. And then, you know, I started taking Cody to shows when oh, wow. he was super young. I mean, he was he was like 12 and 13 years old when he was, you know, at, at a bunch of these uh, these punk shows. And uh, and so, you know, he he just started with that as his main influence. And I think that's why, you know, he just he just took that ball and ran and went in that direction much further than I did. And, uh, and so, you know, and I was, I was kind of really being pulled in that direction, um, but more kind of in a, in a rock and, and definitely kind of punk influenced way. So it had a little bit more of an edge, right? but it doesn't sound, but your parents were listening to like Johnny Cash and country. Yeah. And yeah. Outlaw and country so stuff. Can, can, you know, Cody gave me this brief kind of description of your family life. Okay. <laughs> in Texas. Uh, your father was the head of a biker gang. Is Pretty that, much. That, that sounds correct. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that sounds like in the 80s and 90s, like you're messing with a bad cat. Yeah. Like that's, yeah. and when you hang out with you and Cody, you're such like gentle spirits, you know, like. Oh, thanks, man. But it makes me, but knowing that your father was the head of a biker gang makes me think maybe you guys are holding shivs where you're really nice, but at any moment you can get cut. Yeah, is that I think about what's going on? It is kind of what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody who's been on tour with me long enough has, uh, you know, have seen they, some of that oh, come they out. Have? They've yeah. seen a little bit of. Don't and they're mess always with, like, "Wow, I can't believe you know that you're such a nice guy. You know, you seem like got it all together." And no, there's a Texas temper hidden underneath oh, that really? for 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 all of us. It's kind of interesting. Like all the Votalados, I think, carry Texas that temper. Yeah, it's I like it's, that. it's that's a great on, band name. Hey, it is. Well, maybe we'll use that for the Votolato family band. Yeah, the I've been, Texas I, Temper. I've been wanting to start a band with the whole family oh, yeah. for a while. I well, think we it's just a great idea. It. <laughs> you just named it, and I stole it. <laughs> so, what is, what's that? What's that like as a kid? Is it scary? Is it just like you don't? You're not really uh, around that kind of environment, or were you? And it was like, holy shit, we got to get out of here. Yeah, yeah. It was. It was pretty scary. You know, I'd say. It, you remember being scared as a kid around I do. some of the yeah. characters? I, I just remember it being like a really volatile household. Really? You know, it was just, you know, both of my parents had, had really bad anger management and temper issues. And and I think just, you know, my dad, he was, he, he still is. I mean, he's just kind of, um, uh, you know, just a, a really aggressive individual, somebody who's, you know, he's he's just a 
a wild cannon. Like you, you never know what you're going to get with them. And even now, you, you e- keep even in touch now, with, you yeah, keep in touch with I, both parents. I still, ha- I'm in touch with both parents. Got a great relationship with my mom, um, and we're all still, you know, sort of in, in touch with our dad. Yeah. But um, as much as you can be as, <laughs> with the head of a biker guy. Yeah, I mean, he's he's more wild animal than he is like right. you know just father figure that sure. you, you would think of and it, and you know i knew he was uh he was running drugs and and beating people up and and just you know had a had a really rough lifestyle and so what that was, was his what was his st- uh, lifestyle like as a kid did he well, come up in texas and that's part of what you know for me now as an adult how i've kind of kinda forgiven forgive him, him. Yeah, yeah i've forgiven him i've moved past all that you know yeah. i think music was really important for me yeah, in terms of like healing healing with from all Sorts of that all out. those experiences when you can't afford therapy it's exactly you got what, a 50 dollar <laughs> guitar man no shit <laughs> that's it man yeah so music was really an important part of and that and i feel for me. bad for kids that don't have that you yeah know, like there's a lot of kids they go to shows and they experience music and listen to music, but that's not as much of an outlet as being able to like play it. Even if you're like hacking your way through it and writing poetry through the difficult parts of your life, it's very, it's it's the way to a road of uh, of a healthy living. Yeah, it is. You know, I feel like it was it was just part of how I got back to to being you know in control of my life and and on a good path right. you know music really kind of saved me from a, a very dark road because even when I was because um, I like I said I grew up longer in Texas and I was I think I, I was 13 when I moved up here and so um, at that point my parents were divorced and my dad had tried to basically just get me to stay and quit school and join the gang Whoa. and he really just wanted me to you know be there with him and so your and mom must have been and, like we have to get out yeah she did basically it was it was really it was kind of, it was super fortunate it didn't seem like it at the time but a tornado hit my house whoa and um yeah i've never heard anybody say that was fortunate yeah <laughs> but i mean you know it, this could it, make sense it was at the time it looked terrible but it was kind of our our way out you know it was it was um, my mom finally, you know, saw that as a way to just say, okay, we're leaving. We've got to start and fresh. Yeah, she took... And did you have family? Do you have family here in Washington? Um, no, actually, I didn't have any family here. Um, she took us at the time to Houston, where her sister lived. Hmm. We lived there with her her sister and uh, lived in Houston for two years. She met my stepdad, who works for Boeing. And oh, he, cool. he uh, was part owner in a Longhorn Ranch down in Texas. And wow. so that's how they met. She was doing some accounting for the uh, the Longhorn Ranch, and um, and so he was just you know visiting there, checking out what was going on with the business of his Longhorn Ranch. Yeah. And they fell in love, and then married, and that's how he ended up up in Seattle. And were you cool with this guy coming into your life? At the time, everything was a mess. I mean, right. I was just, I didn't want to leave Texas. I was all confused. I didn't, right. you know, I thought maybe I wanted to stay and live with my dad because, right. you know, he made he made life easy. You know, he was giving us sure. alcohol and letting us drive the cars and yeah, do, what, do whatever we wanted Moms out on the make horse you ranch. Work, <laughs> right? Moms make you do yeah. homework and shit. Yeah, actually go to school yeah. and, you know, try to walk the straight and narrow. And and um, <clears throat> so luckily I made the good decision to, to, to go to Houston with my mom after a very wild summer in Texas, and then um, made it out, you know. And, and so looking back, it was really tough at the time, and I, of course I didn't want to leave Texas and my friends and my life there. Sure. Um, but getting up to Seattle was the best thing that ever happened to me and for the family. And so were you musical before you left 
Texas, or did that hit you when you got to Seattle? It was right around that time. I think I got my first guitar. Um, my mom bought a, a used acoustic in a pawn shop in Houston, Texas. Nice. And that's that's where I, I first started playing guitar. My older brother, Sonny, played, mm. had some friends around in Houston that were playing. Um, <clears throat> and our uncle David, my mom's brother, used to come over to the house, and he'd play Beatles covers and Dylan covers on the acoustic guitar. Um, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. And so that was kind of, that's how I was first exposed to live music. And and I knew it, it just looked cool and it was something that I was drawn to. Um, but yeah, when I got my first guitar, I wanted to be cool like my older brother and, you know, get girls to like me in right. high school. <laughs> that's, that was, that's the only way Jerry could ever get a girl to like him. Jerry, Jerry plays every instrument <coughs> like a right? guy, like a guy who's never uh, been with a girl. You know what I'm saying? Like that kind of good. It really works. Like, yeah, talented. <laughs> so uh, that whole thing is a, is really puzzling to me because I always go like, okay, so what was what was like you know the family tree history of like what kind of life did your dad live and then what kind of person is your mom that she was attracted to your dad and then when you like meet you and you're just like your music is very like it's dark. It is right? dark, you right? Dark. And even the new record has some of that. Sure. Still dealing with and figuring out some right, of right, those right. things, but but it's also very gentle and like Cody is not like Cody's like lyrically the guy who's writing lyrics with Cody or for Cody. Mm-hmm. Maybe that stuff isn't as dark, but the music is fucking dark, right? <laughs> I mean, it's like filled with like teenage anger. Oh yeah, it was it was almost like horror. You know, the, the lyrics are like, I would say Blood Brothers, it had a horror element to it. Right. You know, and yeah, the like, screaming guitars, and it was and really heard, revolutionary. Like, and, you know, Rob Zombie is a guy who writes that kind of stuff, and he even makes horror movies. And I right. don't really know his history, but when you meet him, he's a super gentle, wonderful guy. Is that right? Yeah. I mean, it's just nutty how that works, where you guys use music to get that part of you out. I think that's it. A lot of it is about casting out demons and, and, you know, I've always thought music has such a healing power and it's, it has been a a force for healing in my life. I mean, I honestly don't think I'd be sitting here with you today if it wasn't for, you know, getting involved in the, in the underground music scene here in Seattle when I came here. And, and so, I mean, I just feel very grateful to be alive and doing all this. Was the scene in Seattle, like, was it, at the same time, Nirvana was uh, was really just becoming the biggest thing in the world. Uh, but yeah. then there's like a new scene of music that was like, oh, Nirvana's whatever, right? <laughs> like that's of. probably what it was. Yeah, it was yeah. like, oh, no, this is what's hip and cool now. You know, right. this underground scene happening. And what was it? But it was still connected to those guys. I mean, I even, I went and saw like the very first Foo Fighters show ever, you know, hmm. at, at the really, at a really small club I used to play at all the time called the Velvet Elvis. And that was in uh, just down in uh, Pioneer Pioneer Square. I don't know Velvet Elvis. Yeah, it's been gone for oh, a long has. time okay, now. Yeah, fine. it was uh, it was a How really just like a landmark there? club. As many as the Crocodile? Five hundred, four hundred. This this place held like a hundred people. Oh, I mean, it really? was tiny. Yeah, and it was where all the bands that were starting out and kind of hmm. like where the hip and cool, you know, just up and coming bands would go and play. Wow, and. Um, 
So of course that's you know why Foo Fighters want to do their very first show there. And when you there. saw the Foo Fighters there, were you like the shit special or were you like? I hey. thought it was amazing. I oh, mean, because they had two of the members from uh, Sunny Day Real Estate, which is another band that I saw at the Velvet Elvis, and I saw before they got signed to Sub Pop, and before so they were became they a big. Seattle famous. band too. Yeah, yeah, oh, I didn't big know that. big uh, big influence on the underground Seattle scene back then when wow. I was uh, just you know first getting involved with things, and uh, yeah, so the drummer and the bass player from Sunny Day Real Estate were the original drummer and bass player for the Foo Fighters. Hmm. Uh, William Goldsmith on drums and Nate Mendel on bass. And um, and then Nate is still in the Foo Fighters. Right. Uh, William went back to Sunny Day, and he's doing other projects now. But um, And I don't know who plays drums for Foo Fighters now, but I kind of lost... Tyler. Uh, yeah, like the best-looking guy in music yeah. business. Is Tyler. that right? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Yeah, he's like he's really a special drummer too. Is he really? He, I mean, you have to be to, to play drums for Dave Grohl. I'm for sure. Dave Grohl, that's right. Yeah, and and you know, um, I think minus the bear toured with Foo Fighters. Did you recently? Yeah, I got to hang out with those, with those guys, guys and get them on the podcast, and uh, they're pretty hilarious. Those are funny guys, right? Yeah, <laughs> and uh, and so you, how did you meet those guys? Like, how do you guys seem to know? everybody in this town oh it's a small town and i mean i'm sure you feel that way in san francisco it's like you know how no, you just get together i don't feel like that anywhere <laughs> like i mean you know i sit in rooms like this and just try to write and you're going out to experience music and you're <laughs> how influenced are you by other music currently like when you start your life as a kid and you go check out all these shows it's just like probably overwhelming how right. much you're influenced by all of it but how about now you know now it's become more subtle it's like i'm i'm still i'm actually inviting a little bit more of it in these days i've been going out to more shows i just went to bumper shoot and saw minus the bear that night who else did you see um i went and saw uh, chris or orlowski i think that's how you pronounce his last name he's a guy who i'm i'm working on a project with for a company called creative live we're like teaching a songwriting class and um, he played on the same stage that uh, that Minus the Bear played on. I went and saw Brandon Flowers oh, from yeah. The Killers. Oh, cool. How was that? Oh, it was incredible, Jerry got man. to see him, too. I wasn't able to see him. Uh, have you met him? You know, we we know each other, but we we know of each other, but we've never... And, and I didn't want to bug him. He was walking down the hall, and I waved to him. Uh, he'll eventually get on the podcast, but... He wasn't able to do it. He was in and out that day. You got to tell him hello for me when you have him on the podcast. Because you, you because I heard you <laughs> I do an interview such a, such a great and, and you were talking artist. about his uh, his lyrics. Yeah, and yeah. how one particular album really made a, an impression on you. What was that album? Yeah, speaking of influence, it was it was um, uh, Samstown, and I feel like that probably of new music. I guess that's not even a new record, but. Um, I used to be super influenced by a lot of the other artists in town and just what was going on. And then I kind of I reached a point where, okay, I'd absorbed enough of that that I wanted to I really wanted to find my own voice. And and so I think every artist kind of goes through this. And and so I stopped listening to stuff and I started being more protective about what I would let into my you know right. whatever sphere was influencing me. And I did, and I stayed on that path for years and years. And I feel like it got to a point where I wanted more influence again. You know, and, and with the new record with Hospital Handshakes, my last my last album, I'd gone through a period of writer's block and I, I, yeah, I wasn't saw, feeling I, very inspired. I, I saw that you you really you took time away from it and it was pretty dark in your in your time what, yeah yeah it was what shifted that all of a sudden you're like man 
I don't want to do this anymore. I'm not good enough to do this anymore. It like, was a slow. I, de- it was I, a slow decline. You know, a burnout. I think that came from really what I realized, and and Samstown was a part of that. Was like waking me up to just being excited about music and having fun with music. Hmm. I, I think it was a shift in perspective. Like I had become, I had become really self critical. Uh, maybe had just read a few too many bad reviews and internalized them. You know, I think we're all struggling with that as creative people. We got when you read a bad it, review which you should never ever read a review. Why right. <laughs> what what would someone pick apart about uh about your show? You know, or your album. Yeah, my albums. I I feel like it was just some of my early albums um people for whatever reason it doesn't even matter now. You know, it's like they just would take a take a shot at me, like some mm-hmm. maybe a pitchfork review or you know, there's some reason to just basically uh, tear someone down. You know, and it was so, more so can personal, probably, than even musical, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was a mixture of both, whatever. I mean, the, the, the important thing to me was just to get past even worrying about, you know, what other people think, that, yeah. what the external critic, and also the internal critic, which had become sure. even, you know, worse for worse. me. I was, I'm my, wor- my own worst enemy. Yeah, I think right. a lot of us are. I, wish, I always wish I could... Say to critics, like, you think you hate me? Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, you don't know shit. I know, I know. And it's it's not true. necessary to have all that external criticism. Yeah. But that's their job, and I get it. And I and I don't even, you know, I don't even hold that against them. I think yeah. that's just what they do, and it's always been that way. So for me, it just came to a point of, okay, I was being way too self-critical, way too much of a perfectionist. And some of that's good. You got to edit yourself and you got to, you know, work on your craft. But when it gets out of control, then it stops the process, you know, and I think that's what had happened. Like the, I'd been a very prolific songwriter since I got my first guitar in Houston. I've been writing songs, you know, uh, hundreds of songs, just letting them flow out. And when that started to trickle down to nothing, it was very painful and very dark for me. And I, I got off the road and I decided, hey, maybe I just want to have a normal life. Maybe I get out of this music game altogether. Well, what would a normal life have been? You know, and that, that was the thing. I tried that out for... Because I, you, you started your career with a, a child in your life early on, right? It's true, yeah. So, so I, you were kind of living a normal life without knowing it anyway. Yeah, yeah. I had a family, you know, or I have a family and just would have been more time at home. I got a job at a bookstore. You know, I was trying to just like... Oh, you did? You got a job at a bookstore? Yeah, I actually got a job. How was that? It was it was fine. I mean, it was great, but it, it just refocused my energy. It was like, I woke up after about two months of, of working there and I was like, this is insane. Like, I don't want to do this at all. What am I doing with my right. time, you know? And that's what helped me I've to realize. I've never even read a book. <laughs> like, that, that's what I would have been like. <laughs> it made sense for me because I actually, um, out of high school, I went to the University of Washington, and I got my degree in English English literature. Wow, you're a smart kid, man. Hey, I just... No nonsense. That was a tough school, man. Yeah. Yeah, so I went and got my degree there, and... Uh, and like you said, I had a family young, you know, and so I had worked a ton of different kinds of jobs before I sure. got a, enough of a break to have a career in music. Right. And so I think I just kind of had lost touch with all that, was being way too hard on myself. Uh, and then, you know, it just, it all broke through and I had a change in perspective and I just started having fun with it again. Hmm. And Samstown was actually a big part of that. That oh, record cool. just... I'll let Brandon know when I when I should, meet him. You should, tell him. Thanks from... He from would Rocky. love your music. You think it, he would? Is, is, is there a way that you could play a song right now so that we could hear your music a little bit? Absolutely. Uh, so Hospital Handshakes, 
I don't even know what that means, man. <laughs> I mean, here's what. Let me tell you what I think it means. I don't either. So. Let me tell you what I th- what I think it means, and then you tell me if I'm even close. I think this is a good way to go about it. All right. <laughs> when I think of hospital handshakes, I think of like when you're not well. Mm-hmm. The the greeting or the the handshake or any kind of uh, meeting that you would have in a hospital has a feeling of like distance and like if a doctor is like, oh hi, I'm doctor, like it's already fuck. You're the boss, right? I'm sick. This isn't good. So a hospital handshake to me is a maybe the last thing you really want in your life. Right. What is your real perspective of like what what is the real writing behind it? <clears throat> you know, for me that those words uh, they came from a poem that my wife wrote. Um, she's a she's a great writer, and we collaborate on lyrics together. Wow, that's um, cool. Yeah, it's super cool. She's working on a book of poetry right now. That's uh, that's amazing. Um, Every time I try to collaborate, I, I ask Jerry for his perspective. And he looks always, like a poet to me. I it, think. You know, he is, but he only <laughs> writes about shirtless guys dancing and Chevrolets. Is that right? Yeah, so it's really... Uh, that sounds like... Yeah, it's really hard to like break <laughs> through with Jerry. That sounds like a recipe for success. Man. Yeah, I'll be like, hey, man, guy. I'm stuck on this one. What should I write about? He's like, well, you don't have a shirtless dude in it yet. That's what you need, man, and a Chevrolet. <laughs> Chevy Impala, man. Yeah. So yeah, never, never write a song with Jerry. You know, right. disrupt things Noted. for you. Okay, so so it's based on your your wife's poem. Yeah, it was based on that, and I just thought those words really uh, they they described the season of my life that we were just discussing that that these songs came out of. You know, I I had basically I wasn't well, I wasn't doing well, just uh, mentally, physically. I I had kind of lost my sense of purpose, you know? And so the word hospital, it's a scary word, but it can also be a place of healing. And this record, I think more than anything is, to me, is about, you know, dealing with some of those dark issues. Um, and it's a positive album. I mean, it's really about getting past uh, depression and and uh, casting out these demons and, you know, and being able to move forward with your life and, and really about finding that sense of purpose again, you mm-hmm. know, for what I was going through. Um, I just, I mean, when I, when I wrote the record, it was incredible. It was like, I went from not writing a song in, I think, almost yeah, you, two because years. Because in 2015, you have a full length and an EP. Yeah, yeah. I was, mean, you must have just been writing like crazy. To, I wrote like 30 songs in two months. Songs that you cared about. Yeah, yeah. Songs that I thought were were, were good songs. It wasn't right. just kind of, oh, I'm just making this demo. Because I write 30 songs uh, a year, every year, and 29 and a half of them are shit. I know the like feeling. Half a song, <laughs> I get like a chorus and be like, "Ah, oh, that's an amazing chorus." I know it's that's more it. like the grind instead yeah. of like, "Oh, you just." But you got to put the time in, right? Yeah, you have you do. to put the time in, and you, you do. didn't do any writing for a year. Like you went yeah, to the bookstore and you were like, "This is it." Yeah, I was like, "I'm done with." It. I guess I don't have anything else to say. I, I don't have anything else to offer. Wow. But really, what was going on is I was I wish just shutting Jerry it all didn't down. have anything else to say. You know, I, I think we could probably get there. Yeah, he has no <laughs> microphone, so he can't talk back, and that's why I'm doing this to him because he's you over there give him some and he, shit. he does. Yeah, but uh, sorry, well, Jerry, man, I'm, we I'm, just met. I'm like glad you, you were buddy. writing. You seem be, like a good because guy. It's, I like you too, Rocky. <laughs> can we? Can you do uh, hospital handshakes? Yes, I'd be and happy to. I, I like. I I know the chorus a little bit, but I don't know what I that I want to like participate in ruining the vibe, but. <laughs> you can go ahead and set up, and then we'll we'll try a chorus together, and I'll see if I should sing it with you or not. Sounds good.
But I was thinking that when I thought, oh, what song to do with Pat? I want to just do White Daisy Passing. I want to do what's easy. But I, I love that you uh, you wrote it here at the studio, Sunken Forest. Like it's I crazy. call this Sunken Forest because right outside the door, part of the Lake Sammamish is a forest that's part of a landslide from a thousand years ago. You're kidding. So there are still uh, there are still trees sticking out of the water, and there used to be one in uh, uh, Lake Washington. Then uh, they blew out. They blew out all of the forest, like with dynamite. They had they had, and they cut it down and stuff because it was so it the destroys, boats through. Yeah, it destroys things. But yeah, thinking about an earthquake a thousand years ago and landslides coming into lakes, and then the water preserves the, the wood, the yeah. tree. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so it's all still there in this one. Yeah, there actually right. is a sunken forest. That's there. right. So it's a I, great name. I call the sunken forest. Yeah, studio. Cody told me that. I, I think I think it's an amazing name for a studio. And yeah. this place is great. I mean, it's just yeah, it's just a little. Uh, it's a little shack that I like to call the crack shack. Is that right? Because the <laughs> the windows are blacked out. It's the only house in the in the whole neighborhood that no one would ever attempt to steal anything from. That's good. You know, they'd That's be what like, you want with all I ain't going to that stuff. place. That place looks scary. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I so anyway, you said that when I walked in, welcome to the crack shack. Yeah, welcome to the crack shack. <laughs> uh, and so this is Hospital Handshakes, and this is the this is the album title. This is you wrote you wrote most of the song here in this <clears throat> studio. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the lyrics were inspired by my wife's poem, which I brought with me. Right. And Cody and I just sitting right over there. We That's just, cool. Um, you know, he had written some of the music before, so I had that piece. Uh, we wrote the bridge together here, and uh, and then the whole song kind of came together Great. while I was demoing and tracking it. Well, I'll try to sing some backgrounds on the bridge, and we'll see if I if I ruin it or not. Sounds good. Hey, ruin away. We rolling. an exercise or an exorcism firework pilots fly towards the explosion in the sky bright colored light suffering the rising of my mind I'm a patient with no patience Hospital handshakes We must each be broken And forever be made new again Current of this currency is pain In the sun, a massacre on the winter, a silent sea, deafening defeat, drowning the minor second until there's no line between the truth and the lies that we're all hiding behind. If it's a choice, 
What will we decide when we choose sides between the darkness and the light? part was the bridge where I said <laughs> hey so my wife and I were listening to your most played can you keep the guitar on for one more second oh sure your most played song on Spotify is called uh, White Daisy Passing uh-huh. and uh, can you tell me about like when this came out it says 2006 does that sound right yeah it sounds about right and this song is so good that oh, my wife recognized it, but like all I knew is that I loved the song. But can you play it? Because I think we need to make this a hit today because people missed out on it. I like you know nine years ago. <laughs> like yeah. really, it's a this is a magical song that Thanks people missed. That. I, I think you need. It. I I'll, I'll play it on our, my serious program, but like this is really special. You need to. We need to re create uh, an environment for it oh thanks a lot yeah no i'd be happy to play it yeah this is a song called white daisy passing uh and this is from an album called makers Back at it, all I want to do is turn around. 
I'm going down to sleep on the bottom of the ocean Cause I couldn't let go Water at the setting sun Passing white daisies Taking turns Close the door, walk to the street Catching raindrops on your tongue For a minute it all stops But it won't last, man it's a passing moment gone Please Let's all slow it down There's a secret place that I know I could dig a grave out and climb underground For good and all I want to do is turn around I'm going down to sleep on the bottom of the ocean Cause I couldn't let go water at the setting sun Passing white daisies taking turns All those evenings on the back deck of our first apartment they meant everything, but the wind just carried them off. And we can't go back now, it's a passing moment gone. Please, slow it down. There's a secret magic past world. That you'll only notice when you're looking back at it And all I want to do is turn around I'm going down to sleep on the bottom of the ocean Cause I couldn't let go when the water hit the setting sun Cause I couldn't let go of a passing moment gone That song is the shit, dude. All right. It's really great. <laughs> Thanks a lot. So you're going to sleep on the bottom of the ocean because you couldn't let go of... Of a passing moment gone. Hmm. Man. Yeah, it's, it's kind of... A little bit about nostalgia and yeah. just getting stuck in a place in your life. But So, uh, well, what do you have going on next? What do you, what's your plan uh, as a traveling musician <clears throat> or as a writing? What are you doing? Man, I feel so good right now, Pat. And I just want to say thanks again for having me on this sure, podcast. Sure, man. I'm psyched to have you here. It's getting so, the word out on like, what I'm doing. That. It's, you know, like we were talking about with the record and with Hospital Handshakes, it's like a, it's a, it's a new beginning for me. You know, it's, it's just... It's like starting over, and I feel like I'm just so excited. I just uh, I had this record come out. Uh, I'm excited about writing again. I'm doing co-writes with different people. Um, uh, you know, I'm already working on another record. Oh, great. And uh, I just finished <clears throat> a ton of touring on this, which was super inspiring. You went to Europe with a band? Yeah, I went to Europe with a band for the first time, did six weeks over there. Are you managed? you have a label? 
Um, I have a label down in California. Uh, they're out of LA called No Sleep Records. I'm and self-managed. Do, do they pay for your albums? Yes. Yeah, they pay for the records. I was on Bar Souk for a long time, which is a local uh, label here mm. in Seattle. What's and a record budget these days? These days, at the level I'm doing it at, you know, it's uh, it's like 10, 15 grand. That's cool. I mean, you can get a lot done in a studio like this for 10, 15 grand. You can. Yeah, I made the record. I mean, I- shit, if you're friends with Cody, then you can do a lot in the <laughs> studio for free. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for letting us no, work. No, I don't care. More no, brothers. More <laughs> brothers. Yeah, yeah. If you're brothers, that's yeah. even a better rate. But yeah. Cody probably charges you. A lot of people do it for even less than that. You know, unless you do a Kickstarter. I was listening to your, your episode with Pat McGee. Yeah. You, you guys were talking about the, yeah. um, you know, the Kickstarter. What I'm realizing from Kickstarter is that you really do have to get far more percentage than your 100% that you're asking for to pay Kickstarter. Like right. it's that's the price you pay. It's like, hey, people know what Kickstarter is, so they'll go to your website if you want to use it. I think that if you want to do a Kickstart album, you call it something else and you do it on your website and you that- set up your own thing. I mean, okay. you know, no offense to Kickstarter because I'm sure they're, they've done great things for a lot of people, but I think the percentage that they take makes it so that you have to make about 150 percent. In uh, fact, if, if anybody from Kickstarter is listening to this, get in less, touch with me because money. I'd love for you to prove me wrong. I'd love to know what the percentage is. I think Pledge is another company. Pledge Music. Yeah, is Pledge similar. is another yeah. one, but they take a percentage they take too. A big chunk. You know, it's and I understand. Like they have to, they have to stay in business. I get right, it, but right. uh, but you know, it's you know, there's other, there's other ways. If no, you have, if advice. you have fans, yeah, then ask your fans for money. Yeah, and do it through your own website your I own, think your that's own where channels. the time comes in and this is where they come in and go like well this is where you're well, this is where why you're paying us you pay us because you don't have to do all that shit you don't have to set it up you give us access to your fans we'll set up all the other stuff and so I don't really know what they do but I'd, I'd like to find out I'd like yeah, to know no, what the difference is between pledge and Kickstarter and because I actually just talked to the cave singers which is another local band and they just did an indieGogo for theirs and they said with that one you don't have to actually reach the amount to get the money oh right which is another uh, interesting oh wait part so of if you don't reach the goal you don't get the money on with some Kickstarter. of these yeah that's how it works if you don't reach the goal you don't get the money yeah it's so all just do they sh- not ask their your fans for the money? No, nobody gets nobody. No money changes hands until okay. you hit the goal. Got it. Okay, I get that. Well, that's cool. That's that's better than no. We collected eighty seven percent. But you don't get it. Yeah, you don't get it. Okay, that'd be mean spirited. Yeah. No. All right. I was gonna just to answer your question about what's coming up. I, I'm gonna be doing more touring and you know working on another album. And you know it's interesting that we're talking about this because I I've got one more record in my deal with No mm. Sleep, and then who knows? You know. And I was gonna ask you even just. You know what? What kind of advice do you have for someone in my position in the in the business? Like, you know what? You know? I I'm gonna start uh, an imprint on my label called Sunken Forest Records. Oh, you are. Oh, great. So I'm trying to find young kids to work with, but I mean, to me, when you're done with your deal, come and make a record with me and Jerry here in the studio. <laughs> And, and then we'll just like <laughs> can bring place. a brother. Then we'll just actually be, it'd be better <laughs> if you didn't bring your brother. Uh, but then we'll like figure out what makes sense that's fair for all of us, and we'll like write a great record. And you can do all the the singing, of course. But I'll sing some backgrounds, and Man, Jerry can play some. I mean, it. we make a fucking <laughs> badass record in this little 
uh, in this little crack shack. I got to I got to vouch for it. This crack shack is amazing. Right? The sounds we got here are incredible. Yeah, man. It's yeah. a real deal. So, I want to just ask you the last few personal questions uh, <laughs> so people can get to know you a little sure. bit before before you disappear into the great wide Pacific Northwest. Uh, how do people get in touch with you? Um, so, people can contact me through my website, rockyvotolotto.com. Okay. And uh, there's an email address right on there that goes straight to me. Oh, wow. That's yeah. great. Yeah, that's smart. In- info at Rocky Vote a lot. And do you... I'm self-managed, so I field all that stuff myself. Great. Um, I'm on Instagram. Great. It's, what, is, it's what is your Instagram how, name? My Instagram is just at Rocky Votolato. Oh, great. Yeah, super easy. And Twitter? Do you tweet? I do, I do Twitter, but it's, it's it's so interesting how the world has become so fragmented. You know, you've got email, you've got mm. you've, you've got websites, you've got Facebook, you got Twitter, you got Instagram. It's just like how to keep up with all that is what's I struggle with. I I heard the greatest interview ever uh, on Howard Stern not so long ago. But I think it was, was taped, but it was Bill Murray. Bill oh, Murray's yeah. everybody's favorite, like Kanye West's favorite. My it's, He's everybody's favorite. He's incredible. And so I got to find out why. When you meet Bill Murray and you're like, Bill, we should whatever together, like I'm a filmmaker or I'm a, you know, let me get a way to get in touch with you so I can, you know, send me my script. Nah, I'm good. <laughs> I don't. I don't really, really? want to. I don't really want to give anybody my phone number, and I don't have an email address. You're kidding. And they're like, "Well, how do, would I get you the script?" He's like, "I don't know. Come and find me." And so they do. That's how they have to go fucking find the guy <laughs> to give him a script. And he just made this one movie with Naomi Watts, and I liked the movie a lot. I saw it. She was like a Russian prostitute. Saint Vincent. Saint Vincent. Yeah, I liked it. That's a great and, movie. And and so Howard that. was like, "How'd that guy get you the script?" He's like, "Well, I think he was trying to find me for a while." <laughs> And then he finally did. His entire life. And, and he was like, hey, I'll, I'll meet you wherever. Just tell me where to go. And he was like, well, I'm going to be in L.A. in a couple of weeks. So why don't you come to LAX? And then they got in a car, drove around for two hours. And he read the script. He said, I like it. He, here's what I would do differently. And the guy said, you got it. Whatever you want. And so he said, OK, I'll do your movie. And then Howard was like, we didn't even know if you were going to come in today because we, we got in touch with some guy that wow. said you were going to do it. And then he's like, yeah, I don't miss appointments, but I don't have room in my life yeah. for other people. So we've got it all wrong by making ourselves we're, available with well, Instagram you know, then, and Then you need to go, well, he's Bill Murray. That's true. He's going to be fine. Yeah. You know, he's he, not worried about it. He's not worried about it. If you if you don't get in touch with him, he's gonna be okay. Yeah. But you and I, we might need the check. Uh, okay. So, what's the best so thing? I you keep f- my Twitter account. Keep your Twitter account. <laughs> what's the best thing you found on tour so far in your life? <clears throat> like uh, other than oh. your fans, of course. But like a special place that you like to go get a a burrito or something like that. You yeah. Know? You know, um, I think. Gosh, the first thing that comes to mind is. There's a there's a club in Munster in Germany and it's called Gleis Twenty Two, and it's just it's an amazing spot. A lot of people play kind of on the way up. It's like a five hundred cap, hmm. and uh, and the food there is incredible. Like they do this whole spread for you. I was just laughing about it with the minus the bear guys actually because they were just there too. But um, they just do this. Just the food they make there is is so insane. Like that's the that's the first thing that comes to mind because I always look you know, forward to getting to Munster. Germany is underrated with the food scene. It is, right? isn't it? Yeah, yeah it's they, so good. They are serious. Yeah, I, I love touring there. Like they Me really too. know how to take care of bands. They and, really do. The best catering in the world is yeah. in, is in the the UK and Europe. 
Yeah, it's amazing. And, you know, Jerry and I, well, I didn't go into this place, but we played, was it Berlin when you guys went to a silent club? Have si- you ever heard of a disco? silent club? Silent disco. No. What's A this? silent disco. You eat in silence or something? There are no, no, no. Uh, so there headphones. You walk in with headphones, or they give you headphones. Okay. And there are four channels to choose from. If you, t- you take your headphones off, it's a completely quiet it's discotheque. Just, and There's you can hear like people people's dancing. feet moving around and shit. But oh, when yeah. you turn your, you can see who's dancing to what song and then you look at them and you just like, <laughs> and like there's okay. four different you start bobbing your head the at the same and you, level and you realize who's in the same temp- yeah. tempo with you yeah like oh, some of it's like wild. house some of it's I mean, like it's super nutty, 70, right? so you're only communicating with like dance. visual cues and yeah. dance and <laughs> yeah. if you take yeah, your headphones so off awesome. it's the most amazing i mean you know most people are really high yeah yeah, yeah, of yeah. Course. i mean you know or on some kind of drugs i don't know or or as or as you would say in germany they are fucking high. <laughs> so uh, I think so fucking high. Uh, so that's a cool. All right, that's a good fan, uh, find. Um, what are you currently a fan of? Do you uh, like music or Netflix? Is there a show that you watch religiously? Um, you a know, restaurant, some kind of food you just found? Yeah. Well, in Seattle, this there's a restaurant called Saffron Grill. It's Indian place. Oh, really? Love that. It's place. called Saffron Grill. Yeah, Saffron oh. Grill. It's in nice. Northgate. Um, cool. Yeah, that's a place my wife and I go a lot. It's actually, do you know Taste of India down in the U no. District? That's another amazing Indian restaurant. You live but, right in the city? Uh, no, I live outside the city a little bit. I used to have a house in West Seattle, but mm. um, when my kids were old enough to go to school, and we realized the schools are much better out on the east side. So mm. we've been out in like the Bothell, Woodenville area. Moved a couple times, but I've uh, been out there ever since. Woodenville, uh, man. It's magical there. It is. So many trees. Have you w- worked at uh, uh, Bear Creek? Yes. Yeah, I did a record out there. Um, Great. Yeah, a couple. You gotta have a bigger budget than ten grand for Bear Creek. (laughs) That's a serious studio. Like, uh, have you done recording out there? Yeah, yeah. That's like major label, but major label budget. If you want, you know, uh, indie budget, it's Sunken Forest for you. That's it. That's for for everyone in Seattle. If you're listening, Sunken Forest is a new hot spot. Hit up Cody. (laughs) Um, So. if you were going to have someone make you a birthday cake, what would it be? My daughter just had her 18th birthday, Amelia, and she wanted apple pie. Oh, apple. That's an interesting choice. It was a, kind of a trippy uh, little discovery for me. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't really know that. You know what I like? Like, like after 18 years. That's crazy. Apple pie. She's yeah. a, is it a new thing? Is she she just... was like, I could eat pie, but cake is like two bites and I'm out. Really? And then my wife had this uh, ice cream yesterday that I'd never had before. Like an organic company that, uh, I can't remember what it's called, but the ice cream is called Birthday Cake. Mm-hmm. And it should have been called Crack Shack because <laughs> I was like, I could just sat there and eat the whole thing. Really? I never had anything so good. That's awesome. I, I like to do brownies. Brownies? Yeah, my family knows that. Now, because, uh, because marijuana is legal here right. in Washington, <laughs> would, you, would you make it a pot brownie? Maybe. Okay, great. <laughs> Uh, we can be friends. Um, what's your drink of choice? Uh, drink of choice, you know, right now is uh, it's actually something similar to what you made me, like tea. A, a black tea, just yeah, black tea. I'm loving black tea. No, actually, no alcohol. I like espresso too. You off alcohol? I don't drink. Yeah, I you quit, don't drink. I quit drinking in two thousand eleven. Okay. Yeah, it was, because it was a bad idea for you. It was a bad idea for me. It was part of just you know everything that was going on with when I was younger. I felt like it was just I was more in control of my life, my emotions, my career. Right. When I stopped drinking alcohol. Well, 
you're going to be going to Cody's wedding this weekend. Yep. Uh, we have the L.A. County Fair that day, so I won't be there. But we will be represented by our wine. The oh. Save Me San Francisco wine is going to be a, a sponsor That's of the right. Cody I heard, wedding. I heard you guys had a wine. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, really we're cool. a sponsor. He's, uh, we've provided him with several cases of delicious wine. That's amazing. So I'm too... I'm sorry that you can't taste it. I know. I'm sorry I can't partake. But we're hoping to get into the Save Me San Francisco weed company. There you go. Maybe I'll be able to help you with that someday. Hey, let's do it. We'll see how this works. <laughs> uh, you get one call from jail. Who's the call going to be to? For me? Oh, man. Let's see. Probably to Cody. Really? <laughs> <laughs> Which shows you what kind of trouble I mean, I'm in. Here, here, all I know is that's a terrible choice. I know Cody. He's not You're going to stay up. in jail for a while. He's not going to hey, pick man, up. Uh, yeah. 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 Going straight to voice. Now. <laughs> yeah. Cody, I'm in jail. Uh, this is a recorded message for Cody Votolano. Uh, all right. Well, that's not bad. Star Wars or Star Trek or don't you give a shit? Star Wars. Yeah? Yeah, I'm much more Star Wars. Like, when you were coming up, when you were a kid, I mean, when Star Wars came out, I was a kid. And so you must have been too little for Star Wars. Yeah, but I had older brother. And it, it caught on. Yeah. Like, I watched it religiously. See, I had older siblings. And my favorite movie as a kid, because, you know, Jerry's like, man, Star Wars, he's a fanatic, you know. And it's cool. <laughs> I, I, I wish I could have gotten into it. But, like, my brother was taking me to me to movies like... Uh, Animal House. Oh, okay. So I was like six years old sitting in Animal House. It's good and for so you. I was like, this is amazing. It <laughs> yeah. uh, says a lot, man. And so, yeah. 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 And now so years later, when that. I had my, my first son, who's now 22, I was like, hey, I'm going to be cool, dad. Like my brother was like cool brother. And I took him and his two friends. They were eight years old. I took him to old school. Oh, okay. And so that was their Animal House. And man... It was crazy. I asked their parents. I was like, hey, man, this is R. And they were like, we don't give a shit if we never see our two ugly brats again. No, they, right. weren't, they weren't like <laughs> they that. They don't care about the... No, but it, it, was, uh, it was great. Well, so. I recently watched Nerds with my son, and that was pretty intense. Have you seen that movie in a while? Nerds? Yeah. Revenge no. of the Nerds? Revenge of the Nerds. Oh, yeah, that's Revenge it. of the yeah. Nerds. Oh, yeah, Sorry. that's... Revenge of the Nerds. That's and pretty... And it's got the titty oh, scene. Oh, yeah. And yeah, yeah, yeah. It's pretty intense. It does have the titty scene. <laughs> yeah. Por- All right. Porky's well, was the movie, though. That's the one. Porky's was the one. <laughs> uh, well, I guess you know now that we know need to now that we know how to get in touch with you, and you're going to be, uh, you know, here's what I would recommend: <clears throat> since you have one more record on your label, yep, and then you're going to come over to the 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 light side, the the bright right, side with us. To, to you just go label. make a shit record with these guys, okay? And then <laughs> you right. get in here, we'll start pounding done. the, we'll start pounding. <laughs> done. <laughs> Consider it done. <laughs> Uh, well, thanks so much for doing the podcast. Thanks, oh, thanks for uh, coming all the way to to the studio, the Crack Shack, to uh, to do it. this. And uh, man, let's just keep in touch. I'll, Absolutely, yeah. Uh, Thank I'd you love guys to, so much for I'd love to be me. able to come in here and write some songs with you, man. I love yeah, your songwriting. Yeah, it's, it's, the feeling is mutual. So yeah, look Great. forward to it. All right, there you have it, everybody. Rocky Votolato. Rocky is probably the coolest name of all time. I didn't even get thanks to talk to you about that because my son's name is Rock, and we call him I Rocky. Thought, I thought you said that. That's crazy. It's such a rare name. Is your real name Rocky? It is on my driver's license. I and get so, asked that regularly. Do you like know daily. what the what the inspiration was for your parents to call you Rocky? You know, I think there was a horse. Uh, it was a um, a white stallion named Rocky on the fa- on the horse ranch where I grew up in Frost, Texas. 
And uh, yeah, so it was a breeding stallion. That's so that's so, so funny. You know, that's sense. that was Jerry's nickname. <laughs> Jerry's nickname it was in high school. My, the, the white, the white horse? stallion. The white stallion. We'll have to get into that. We'll have to get into that next week. All right. Well, yeah. thanks so much, Rocky. Oh, thanks right, for having me. I'll see you soon. Really appreciate it. Well, there you have it. Rocky Votolato, a great artist, a great gentleman, and uh, really a sweet, sweetheart, man. I mean, you know, when we're in the music business for this long, you can get jaded and weird and start taking things for granted. And as you heard, you know, from him himself that, uh, you know, you reach a point in, in your life in this business where maybe you feel like uh, it's not for you anymore. And we've all had that, and he fought through it and made a, an incredible career out of it. And so there you have it, Rocky Votolato on this week's podcast. Thanks for tuning in. I will see you soon. Next week, probably, right? Okay, bye.